that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? You know, when I was growing up as a teenager, the American dream was to basically get a vehicle and move out of your parents' home. And I can remember driving my old dad's Toyota truck after a hard week's, uh, week of work, stick shift, no air conditioning, driving it home. I think I had gotten me a ice cold beer drinking it. Uh, yeah, I know that's not right, but I enjoyed it uh, after a hard day's work. But, you know, I'm driving home, and I was thinking, as a young man, I was thinking, wow, how wonderful it's going to be to, and I was probably about 18, thinking these thoughts, to move away, to get married to the love of my life, to move out and to be together and to come home to my wife. And it was just, it was just such a, delightful thought. It was an American dream, you know, to move out on your own. And I think of the, you know, what Ephesians said, it says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. Well, today it seems that, and I don't know for sure what's going on with today's youth, but today, the American dream is to get your 30-year-old son, who is living in your basement, out of the basement. That's, that's the American dream today. Now, I don't know, the, the trend, and I've read something about the trend of millennials. They are putting off um, getting married. They're putting off, they're putting off, I mean, it's like, I don't want, you know, they're putting off moving out of the home. They're putting off getting a vehicle, getting a driver's license. And I almost, I noticed this trend actually a long time ago because I'm part owner of a business and we've worked young people all of our lives or for, for the past 20 some years we've worked young people. And I've noticed that with a lot of youth it was like, what do you mean you don't have a driver's license? You know, why did you even show up for the interview if you don't, what do you mean you don't have a vehicle? What do you mean your mother's going to bring you to work? You know, what do you mean you're 25 years old, still living at home? You know, uh, what, no desire for a wife, no desire for a driver's license, no desire for a vehicle, no, no desire to move out of the parents' basement. Now, what is happening to today's youth? Well, the Bible, I think, speaks to this subject. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law... Happy is he. And I realized that it's possible for a nation to perish because of lack of vision. Now you think, okay, all the reasons a nation could perish, you know, the lack of morality, war, uh, we could kill, our, kill ourselves off, biological war, whatever. There's all kinds of reasons a nation might perish. But I never really thought of this one. Lack of a vision a nation could perish. Now let me ask you, what is it that you want? 
What are your desires? What are your dreams and ambitions? What, what, what are they? And you know, when you don't have dreams or aspirations or, and, and you look outside yourself for dreams and ambitions, often what we look at, or at least what I think a lot of young people are looking at, they're looking outside of themselves to their government for these things. You know, I was reading something about George Soros, a billionaire who funded Black Lives Matter. He was also responsible for a lot of the anti-Trump campaigns going on, was actually recruiting people on Craigslist, young people, and paying, who, who had nothing better to do than protest, and paying them and bussing them in, and paying them by the hour to riot. Now, how sick is this? How much of a lack of vision do you have when you agree that the only thing you can find to do is to go riot against some kind of some, some cause that that you think you believe in? You know, I heard about it was uh, see, downtown Baltimore, Maryland. They were rioting, and some guy I heard about this story was burning his mattress. Now, does that make any logical sense at all that you would burn your mattress? I mean, think about it. I mean, maybe it works. I don't know. Maybe I should try it. You know, next time you're lying in bed, you're all angry, just rip the sheets off your mattress, throw the mattress out the window, douse it with gasoline, and set it on fire. Maybe you'll feel better. I don't know. But the insanity of what's going on here, I mean, there's no logic. You know, when you do things and there's no logic behind it, it makes you look like a fool. Now, looking like a fool is not a good thing. Has anyone told you this? Looking like a fool is not a good thing. Okay, you don't want to look like a fool. And I look at this verse again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And then I compare that to what God really wants, what God desires. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Boy, if we could just wrap them, our minds around that, that God is thinking about you. And he says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking toward you. Continuing on, says, thoughts of peace. Well, that's the exact opposite of rioting. And not evil. To give you an expected end. You know, young people, where is your religion at? And I'm not talking about going to church and, oh, I love Jesus and all this. You know, I mean, where is your intimate, personal relationship with your creator? Do you even have one, is the question. Do you even have one? Now, I read something about young people's concern today. Millennials. And what they're concerned about, now get this, what they're concerned about is this. They don't think the earth is going to be around in 20 years from now. You know, I guess Donald Trump is going to destroy it, is what they're concerned about. What they're concerned about is global warming and climate change, and they actually think that we're going to destroy the earth. Now, you do understand, don't you, that global warming was changed to climate change. The reason they had to change it is because there's no science behind global warming. The sun spikes in temperature, been doing this for the past 6,000 years. 
goes up, goes down, just a part of, part of life, you know. So there was no science to global warming, and so they had to call it, they had to change it to climate change. Uh, did you know that back in the 60s, Time Magazine had an article entitled The Coming Ice Age? Yeah, they were worried about freezing to death back then. You know, but, but here's the thing. They had not figured out how to make money off of it. Today, they have figured out how to make money off of climate change. It's a cash cow for special interest groups, for people to study themselves blind and come up with all this nonsense about how we're going to destroy the earth. Now, and you see, anything can be climate change. You know, if it's raining, oh, it's raining a lot. Oh, climate change. Oh, if it's dry, Oh, oh, climate change. You know, if it's snowing a lot, oh, climate change. Uh, if it's windy, anything can be climate change. Now, if you're a young Christian and you're concerned that man is going to destroy the earth, let me introduce you to the real God. Okay, the problem you have is your God's too small. That's your problem. Okay, now consider this. The earth travels around the sun at a speed of 64,000 miles per hour. While you're driving your little vehicle down the road, you think you're in control, right? No, not really. The Earth that you're traveling on, this spaceship called Planet Earth, is actually going around the sun at a speed of 64,000 miles per hour. From the time that you go to bed until the time that you get up, you have traveled over a half million miles on this tiny spaceship called planted earth. Now, the God that created this, you're telling me the God that did this cannot sustain the planet, planet earth, can't take care of planet earth. You know, what about photosynthesis? You know, we breathe out carbon dioxide. You know, it's, it's, it's about, it's a, it's, it's a rather simple process, carbon dioxide, water, and sunlight. But, you know, the plant life take in our carbon dioxide and in return produce oxygen. It's just, just a cyclical thing. But it's how we stay alive. It's how we stay alive. The hydrologic cycle, you know. There is no new water being created. You know, the vapors lift up off the oceans, leaving the deadly salt water behind. This is critical leaves the deadly, the vapors go up, leaving the deadly salt water behind. The vapors turn into clouds, the clouds are carried away. The clouds release their golden rain droplets. They, the rain goes into the creeks, the creeks go into the rivers. The rivers return back to the sea. There is no new water being created. It's just a continuous cycle of cleansing the earth. Yeah, Clean, now you're telling me that the God that did this cannot take care of planet earth. That we're just going to destroy it, is what you're telling me. The moon, gravitational pull, the moon. You know, God created all these oceans, all the water. About 72% of the earth is covered with water. And he said, I need a big stir stick to stir these oceans up. Because if I don't stir it up, all sea life would die off. And if all sea life becomes stagnant, and if all sea life died, we would all die. And so I need a big stir stick to stir these large bodies of water. And so he created a moon with the gravitational pull of the moon upon the oceans and the waves come in, they go out, and it keeps everything all stirred up. And again, the God that did this 
You're telling me, if you're a Christian, you're a young millennial Christian, and you're worried about that God cannot take care, that, that we measly human beings are going to destroy the planet. That's what you're concerned about. 71% of the earth is covered with water. And, you know, in the oceans, actually 50 to 80% of the oxygen of Earth's uh, atmosphere, from Earth's atmosphere comes from the tiny ocean uh, plant lice that, are, that live near the surface. So what I'm saying is there's a renewing of the earth every day. There's the, the hydrologic cycle, the, the cleansing of the earth. This goes on continuously, and there's nothing you need to be worried about as far as man that in 20 years we're going to destroy the earth. We couldn't destroy the earth if we wanted to. You know, if you set out, if worldwide, if we all set out to raise the earth's temperature by two degrees, we couldn't do it. Absolutely impossible. We couldn't do it if we wanted to. Now, if you're not a Christian and you're concerned that God is going to do, that, 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 that man is going to destroy the earth, you're concerned about global warming and climate change, let's use some logic. Yes, logic. The pop population of the earth, believe it or not, could fit in the state of Texas. Yeah, all people of the earth could fit. A family of five would still have 6,000 square foot of room. So the population of the earth could fit in the state of Texas. Now let's take a space shot. Let's back up, back off, back off. And, you know, you're looking at the Earth from out of space, and you maybe can tell that's the United States. And I guess if you zoomed in a little bit further, you could see Texas. Okay, we're all in Texas. All people are in Texas. Okay, follow this. Now, how many cars do all people of the world have? How many of them have cars? Excuse me, how many of them have cars? Well, not all. Because there are some very poor countries and places in America, not in America, but in the world, excuse me. Now, yeah, most people in America have cars. Yes, I agree with that. But if you look at it and you say, okay, how many of them, all people of the earth, have cars? Well, not all. How many of them own factories that are belching out carbon and all that? All people on the earth, how many of them own factories? Well, what would it be? Less than 1%? I don't know. You know, how many of them actually own factories? Well, probably very few. It'd be a very small percentage. And so you're telling me, as we zoom in on, on all the people in the world living in the state of Texas, that somehow we're going to destroy the earth. Again, we couldn't destroy the earth if we wanted to. If we set out to, we couldn't. Now, there is one being that could, and that's God. But God has no intention of destroying the earth, at least not yet. Not yet. So, if you're a young person, and you, you, this, this is what you need to be concerned about. You need to be concerned about moving out of your parents' basement before you turn 25 years of age. That's what you need to be concerned. You don't need to worry your mind over global warming or climate change. That should not, you don't have time to be concerned about that. Okay? Again, we human beings are not even capable of destroying the earth. But we are capable 
of destroying other human beings. As in with the riots and cop killing and and so, you know, you think, okay, that's, that's what we are capable of doing. We're capable of not getting along. Forget the earth. What we are capable of is destroying other human beings. That's what we're capable of. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, in verse 22, he said this, And except those days should be shortened, speaking of the end time in which we are living, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be short. In other words, Christ is going to return and cut that time period short. Now, it's not the earth that is going to be destroyed. It's mankind. Let's read it again. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. Okay. Now, why would we destroy each other? Well, actually, the Bible answers that question also. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, and uh, fierce despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Notice it says they have a form of godliness as corrupt and immoral as these people are. The, the list of ugly things here, they have a form of godliness. This is amazing when you think about it. You see, now let me tell you how it works. When we as a nation reject God's standard of morality, that is the law of God, the Ten Commandments, there is something inside of we human beings that we go about to establish our own morality. In other words, there is within mankind a desire to be morally upright, uh, a desire to be right. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're sinful or not, or evil, or what. It, within all human beings, there is this desire to present yourself as you know, morally correct, okay? Now, being right God's way is one thing, the law of God, the Ten Commandments. In other words, when you let God define the standard of morality, that's okay. But being right our way is what the Bible refers to is as a form of godliness. Now, I want to describe what that form of godliness is. It goes like this. It's, it's what I would call, let me think here. Oh, saving the planet from climate change and global warming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people get on the bandwagon, and, and since they really don't have much morality anyway, since that scripture describes them, fears, you know, liars, uh, you know, all the things that mentioned here, in the, and let, let's look at it again. For this know in the last day perilous times shall, shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to, to parents, unthankful, unholy. So when you're like that, you've got to come up with your own morality. And so that morality goes like this. We're going to save the planet. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I got a wife and I'm, I'm having an affair with another woman. 
And I got a gay lover that lives across town, but I have my morality. I'm going to save the planet. I have so much love for people. We're going to save the earth. And we're going to save the spotted owl and the panda and the sea turtles and the blue whales while we're at it. While we abort, while we have 50 million aborted potential children of God. Yeah. Now I want to tell you something. We must learn to call what is right, right, and what is wrong, wrong. And we must also learn to get along with one another, which presents a problem, by the way. It really does. In other words, in order for me to get along with you, if I have to say the wrong thing you are doing is right, then that puts me on the wrong side of God, you see. That puts me, you and me on if we If we had to say, that, okay, that wrong thing they're doing over there is, is actually right, if we do that, that puts us on the wrong side of God. Now, Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says this. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Did you see some of the clips on YouTube and Facebook of celebrating the victory of Hillary before the votes came in? This giddy, childlike reaction of celebrating a victory, of printing magazines already printed about President Hillary, ready to go out, and she hadn't even won. <laughs> I mean, this is insanity. And did you see the liberal media reaction when their goddess lost? Did you see the, I mean, if, if, they truly showed their true colors. You know, NBC, ABC, CBS are nothing more than propaganda machines. You know, even if you were for Hillary, you should be upset. You were lied to by the media, the liberal media. You were made to look like a fool. You were told it's a landslide victory for Hillary. You were made to look like a fool by your beloved media, liberal media. You know, anytime the entire media is in bed with a particular candidate, that's never good. I mean, all you're going to hear are the lies they want you to hear. Now, I want to leave you with something positive here. <laughs> I know that's difficult to do, but I, I want to leave you. If you're a young person or if you're an old person, it doesn't matter. This message is for all people. But I think there's some things that need to be said here. Number one, realize that God can be on your side. I say can be, yeah, if you repent, if you accept Christ as your personal Savior, if you go down on the waters of baptism and receive the Spirit of God, God can be on your side. And God says this in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, repeating this again, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Two, realize you are constantly being lied to by the liberal media. NBC, CBS, ABC, they are nothing more than propaganda machines. Cut them out of your life. You don't need them. You do not need them. Third, realize the world and the liberal media want you to be dispirited. 
And what do I mean? They want you to be dispirited. They want you to not have any dreams. They want you to not have any vision. They want you to feel hopeless. They want you to be depressed. Where there is no vision, the people are going to perish. Now, the reason they want this, the liberal media, is they want to control you. Their diabolical agenda is to replace all traces of God with government. That's their agenda. That's what they want, to replace every trace of God in our society. Replace that with government where you depend totally on them for everything. And, of course, once they do that, they will be pleased. They will have a bunch of mindless robots giving allegiance to them. When that occurs, your government will be happy and the liberal media will be happy. Now, you know, it's really all about freedom. It's all about giving up freedom. Do you want to give up your freedom? You know, you have to be strong enough to put this stuff aside don't listen to it. Don't play their game. Don't listen to their propaganda. But you know, God died for our freedom. And he wants his people to stay free. My last name is Free Man. And I intend, I intend to stay that way. How about you? How about you? It's all about freedom. And that's what's really in your Bible. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.